we could do a deep fake and put Newt's face as. We should find just a random Matt Campbell and interview them sometime. That would actually. Hey, welcome in on another episode of the Outside the Lines podcast. We're going to be honest with you guys today. We are just going to do a little bit of an impromptu episode. We had an interview scheduled and it got postponed at the last minute. We are not going to divulge a person's name because we're going to save it for a surprise for you guys a little bit later on. But today we're going to get into some cyclones in the NFL, talk a little bit about the greatest quarterback to ever live, Brock Purdy. And of course, we will debrief you guys on a little bit of the recent basketball games and maybe a bit of a preview going into TCU on Saturday. So let's get into all of that. Newt's. I do want to address the fact that you were correct in your TCU prediction. Um, TCU did end up beating uh, Michigan. Ohio State lost to Georgia in pretty hilarious fashion, honestly, immediately afterward. But um, I I need to give you your flowers. You were right. I was wrong. Um, I was also right, though, that Georgia won. So I'm I said Georgia was going to win, too. So. I did bet the um, spread on TCU, though, so I made a lot of money this weekend. Oh, also, listeners, um, huge news. We have super producer Liam back in the studio. Liam, how are you doing today, man? Good. Uh, thanks for keeping my nickname the same. I don't think I'm much of a super producer anymore, but I am here. It's good to be back with you guys. Uh, and congrats on winning, Mason. I also won a, uh, I won a bunch of money betting on the college football playoff. But then I lost all of it playing uh, online Baccarat. I lost like $200 in less than five minutes playing online Baccarat. So it's good to be back. There you go. Back and always down. Um, Newt, what are your, what's your uh, thoughts on the TCU game before we get into a preview of that? Um. Wait, so you want my thoughts on it before we get into a preview of it? Yeah, what, I what want you to mean? have a moment to brag because I know you're probably itching. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah, you know, like I said, I thought Michigan was fr- Michigan was fraudulent. The I think the Big Ten's overrated. Um, they did both actually give the other teams really good games, to be honest. Though I think um, TCU definitely outplayed Michigan for the most part, and I thought it was pretty funny that coming into it, the narrative was like, is TCU going to be able to stop Michigan's run attack? And then TCU just rushed the fuck out of them, um, which was pretty funny. So, uh, so it was nice to see, uh, you know, we are big 12 bias here. We, we always root for the conference because that's how Iowa state stays um, alive in the ever changing college football landscape um, or college athletics landscape, I should say. So but yeah, it was a nice, nice dub for TCU. I'm not sure how I feel about them going against Georgia just because of the the talent discrepancy and everything. But I think I think the Horn Frogs have a shot. They're kind of they're they're uh, just they're they're proven. They 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 show up to every game, give everyone a good ass. Um, you know, like there hasn't been anything any game that they haven't showed up to so i think i think i'd be shocked if if this is a a blowout or they're not competing well with georgia um but i think just georgia being the most talented team being a team that's already won it is is a little worrisome and kind of makes me lean georgia but yeah they've been there their experience i will say blake corum i mean he's been i I, he got injured well before the 
well before December. So I don't know exactly how long he's been out, but I think that was kind of a little bit of where Michigan was able to run the ball all too well on them. I mean, Donovan Edwards still had 119 yards rushing, so it wasn't horrible, but I don't know. I want to just hammer TCU in the national championship. I don't know what the line is. Maybe someone can pull that up and we can play guess the line, but um. I will say this. They had two pick sixes, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Two pick sixes. And, you know, you take that away and Michigan's up by a a touchdown, which obviously, you know, you don't know if that's actually going to be the end score there. But I I don't know. I, I was just more caught off guard because it was as high scoring of a game as possible. I felt that if TCU was going to win, it was going to be like a, I don't really know, 31-24 type game. Um, But the reason why, you know, in the second half, I started to think there's no way TCU is going to lose this game is because Harbaugh had to play TCU football in order to even have a comeback. And what was just maddening, I'm sure, if you're Harbaugh and the Wolverines was, you know, scored 24 points in the third quarter. TCU scored 20, though. I mean, that's a hell of a lot of points in one quarter of football. And it was electric. It was just awesome. Oh my gosh. And more than anything, I just get so happy when players prove me right. And I, right when everyone was done on Duggan, people were saying he wasn't even going to start going into the season. Actually, I don't, I think he was quite literally announced as the backup going into the season until mm-hmm. homeboy got hurt. And then he comes in, makes me look smart. Cause I, I never once bailed on him. So, you know, credit to you on calling the TCU upset. Um, credit, credit to, to you me for never being on the Duggan train. There you go. Look at so that. So we're both winners here. You guys want to play guess the line? You have Let's it, Liam? It. All right. Yeah. Go ahead. You, you go first. Uh, Georgia minus five. Oh, I thought you were about to say 15. I think it's Georgia minus 6.5. Georgia minus 12 and a half. No, what? it is not. <laughs> no, it Dude, is they're not going to get blown out. I, I heard it. I heard it on part of my take yesterday. I didn't believe it. Then I looked it up, and yeah, that's what the line is. Over under is sixty two and a half. I love the over, and obviously, I love TCU. But yeah. Dude, they're too gritty to get blown out. That's just that's my thing. They're too Agreed. gritty to get blown out. Um, what's the uh, over under? Actually, let me guess what the over under is going to be. Um, he just 52. said it. I did just said it. You I did. did. Just, oh, I wasn't or, hey, yeah, I'll guess. Liam, Liam let me guess. I think it was sixty-two okay. and a half. I, that random guess, random number popped in my it. head. Nailed nice, it. random, random. <laughs> Damn it. Good pick. Damn it. No, I. You know what? I love crazy that. line. That is insane. Yes. I don't like that. I'm definitely gonna take TCU to cover at least. Yeah, I, I might sprinkle like a bit on the money. The money line's like plus three fifty for them. Hmm. 350 yeah you know what um i i'm kind of one of those guys and maybe this is just me getting old you know i felt really really bad for the ohio state kicker afterward that i I always feel bad for kickers i kicked and and it's yep it is very rare for me to root against kickers to miss field goals because there's not a worse feeling I think in sports is, is, is kicking a field goal and missing it because it is all blamed on you. Even when sometimes it's not, you get laces, the snaps bad, it throws off your timing, whatever. So I always feel bad when kickers miss it. And so what was your breakdown on that? Why did he miss it that bad? Why do you miss a hundred miles to the left? Probably just trying to get as much power into it. And when you do that, a lot of times you're sacrificing some of your accuracy for it because 
you you mess up your form, you rush it a little bit, or you're you're kind of just you know obviously trying to get as much power into it that then the slightest push will like mess it up. So, could you have made it? What was it again? I don't even know. I thought it was like it was like fifty one yards. It's forty one. I I I've dicked around in the Steelers practice facility and I've hit a 52 yarder before from, from the, the side hash, like a college hash. I have video proof of it. So, too. You're, so you're saying we shouldn't feel bad for him. We shouldn't feel bad for this guy. He's a kicker. Well, That's his job. I, I had the pressure of I'm sitting in a practice facility by myself, dicking around and he's trying to go to a national title game with a lot of people watching him. So I think you should you do it at a higher level though. That's NFL. true. I was technically doing yeah. it in an NFL practice facility. So, yeah, <laughs> I think it was a 48 yarder, by the way. Um, I don't know that what was weird though, is both games were awesome. I mean, I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, but the past few years, I don't think the college football playoffs have been that great. I think there was a great um, Georgia Ohio state game, Trevor Lawrence versus Justin Fields, but other than that, I feel like the national championship can sometimes be competitive, but I don't know. I just feel like this four teams um, getting to the playoffs just hasn't really been fun. Aside from this one, this one was like electric, the overhit on all of them, which means everyone's happy. Even if you lose, I bet the under for TCU. So I technically lost my bet. I bet TCU would cover, but I bet the under and um, I was happy about it. Like, I just love points. Just give me points in a major football game with huge implications. And I'm happy. Don't give me like the Rams. Patriots Super Bowl where the end score is like 10 to three. That's just like such a bummer. It bums everyone out. I bet the over in that game too. And it was a rough one because it was just dead in the water. And I'm like, it was a high over that they set for it too. Yeah. Brutal. Brutal. Yeah. I mean, because it was Jared Goff and McVay's offense versus, yeah, I don't know. It, that was a weird one. But um, shall we move on to uh, what do we want to do? Do we want to talk some NFL first or do we want to go college basketball? Again, this is an impromptu episode. So <laughs> the choice is uh, Let's talk about the best quarterback in the NFL. And that's Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. All right, Mr. Relevant. Um, some wild stat. Again, we're not prepared for this, but he had some wild stat. He's undefeated as a starter. And um, he has a 106 passer rating, I believe. Um, and cool little stat here. Um, he records his fifth straight game with multiple pass TDs, tied for the second longest streak by a rookie QB since 1970 merger. Guess who that other QB was? Justin Herbert. There you go. Justin Herbert. Pretty good company right there. So that means if he throws for multiple pass TDs in this upcoming game, which I lied, never mind. Justin Herbert threw seven straight. So uh, you know, he's gonna have to do it in this upcoming game, and then in the first week of the playoffs and then he ties justin herbert and then, hey you never know Do they ca- they probably won't count the playoffs for that set maybe um let's see so, some of them are weird what, what? With like the regular season only and i don't think the chargers ever make the playoffs because they're the chargers yeah but it, it does count though because it's just the longest streak so it's fifth okay. straight game with multiple pass tds so that this would count the um playoffs um so i got an i got into like a real debate with why, why is this guy making so many occurrences on the show? Brad Beeger. He um, was in our first interview with EJ Bibbs. Um, he was telling me to hold my horses with Brock Purdy. He's a type. He is your type of Cyclone fan, Newt. He is a classic cynic. Right when everyone is leaning into all of like the 
fun shit that's happening with Iowa State athletics, you're the person that always zags and says, hey, let's calm down. I don't think I'm really going overboard with this Brock Purdy thing. I already broke it down on our last episode, how I think Shanahan's play calling is really just telling as to he thinks that Brock Purdy might even be a better quarterback than Garoppolo. Their accuracy is pretty much the same. Like all their numbers are pretty much the same aside from the fact that Purdy gives you a little bit more of a mobile element to the offense. And it's kind of very reminiscent of Taylor Heineke versus Carson Wentz in the standpoint of, you know, you just feel like the locker room really gravitates to the backup quarterback. Now, I think the Niners really like Garoppolo, so I don't think they dislike him as much as Wentz. Maybe that was a bad you know, comparison, but there is something about the entire locker room rallying behind a guy that they just like. I don't know. It makes the entire team play better. Yeah, yeah, I think. You're correct, and I'm the cynic with this, and I still do have like some skepticism every week where I'm like, is this going to maybe be the week that the wheels fall off with it, truthfully? But mm-hmm. I think Brock's done a great job, and a lot of stuff that's come out with the locker room, the coaching staff's confidence in him, and also just being in the situation is so ideal that I think this is one of those situations where I am feeling a lot more optimistic with it Um, that I Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of potential, you know, the weapons around him, just the, the belief in them, the run game, everyone's kind of healthy. You know, they're getting Debo Samuel back. The defense is really good. And, and Brock's done the main thing, which is he has not had turnovers. You know, he, he, he has had some bad throws, even against the Raiders. He had, uh, I specifically remember watching two throws that it's like they were in the defender's bread basket. But then I think the one pick that he did have was off like a receiver's hands and stuff like that. So like, you know, not really his fault there or whatever, but it's been, it's been a lot of fun to watch and he has been mistake free. You know, even he's done some crazy things to throw the ball away, things like that, that you really love to see him not forcing stuff. And I think that's been a great quality. And, and I'm the only thing I'm worried about is when you get to the playoffs and it's kind of do or die a little bit, if it's, Hey, maybe does he try to do too much or whatever? But I just, I think with all the weapons around him, the Shanahan system and stuff that it is set up for, you know, hopefully some continued success here. And, and, you know, I think the best part is, is that we're all rallying as, as 49ers fans. Like it's, Sundays are honestly so much fun now because like everyone is just stoked to watch Brock and, and and it seriously is one of my favorite like elements is like kind of just being on Twitter and social media and seeing like everyone talk about Brock, not just like cyclone people, but like national media people hyping up Brock too. And that is just so fucking cool to see. I think uh, search. He is. He is a great name search. Um, so one of my favorite Christmas presents I got this year, we do like a white elephant because we have a larger family. So we don't want everyone to get everyone a gift. You know, that would be thousands of dollars. It would feel like, but um, my cousin, Sophie got me for white elephant, uh, secret Santa, excuse me. And um, she got me the shirt that said big Brock energy. Now for anyone that doesn't really know the family, I come from very, you know, Catholic, let's just say pure family. Um, and I, I like that, but at the same time, when I opened this gift, I was, I felt a little uncomfortable cause I'm like, I love this shirt, big Brock energy and my parents, my aunt and uncle, my sweet grandma was like, Oh, like, what's that mean? I was like, you know, it's just, uh, 
lots of great energy coming from Brock Purdy and, you know, positive vibes. Yeah. Positive vibes. And it had nothing at all to do with Brock's big dick energy that everyone is now very fond of. Um, you know, one thing with this game though, it was the Raiders. So I'm not going to try and say, Oh my gosh, Purdy is, is the next, you know, Mahomes from this win, but he did have to show a lot of poise coming back. And the Raiders are a scrappy team. Like don't knock, I mean, knock the record all you want, but they are a very scrappy team. And he had to come back in an away game and, you know, kind of just step up. And I think that was one of his first tests in that sense. That kind of makes you feel a little bit more at ease going into the playoffs because the playoffs are the playoffs. You're going to be playing really good teams. You're going to have to have at some point to lean on your quarterback to win you a game. Um, And that's what I think is, you know, that's what separates like the really great teams from um, like the phenomenal teams. You know, you can put the game on Burroughs back. You can put the game on Allen's back and Mahomes and all these guys. And that was a question with Purdy. It's kind of like, is he similar to Garoppolo in the sense that is he going to be the one thing that will bring down this amazing roster? I think he's proven. No, like I've been in this position. I was a four-year starter at Iowa state, debatably the greatest quarterback there of all time. And I've led many comeback wins. So this isn't all too new for me. I don't know. It was fun to see that other people were able to see that with Brock. I think the last, the last thing I'll say to Newt's point is I, I just keep getting worried. Like come playoff time, all it's going to take is one Kansas state interception where he just does something where you're like, I have never seen that before on the football field and NFL Twitter will turn on him. But one thing I will say is that I went to, uh, I went to the Niners versus uh, my team. Very sad. The commanders game. Uh, in Santa Clara over Christmas break. And it is just surreal to see a, a kid who played football in Ames, Iowa, get that much love. And I went to I went to the Warriors game the next day, the Christmas Day game against the Grizzlies that he was sitting courtside. And they showed him on the screen. You would have thought they showed, like, I don't know. I was about to say Will Smith, but he probably would have gotten booed. But, like, The Rock on the screen. People went freaking nuts. And it's just, it's so surreal to see that. So just ride the wave all you can. I mean, that's, that's awesome. Even if it just lasts for a season, but it's really cool. He's gotten stadium chance at every single one of their games too. Every game. Like, it's 49ers crazy. fans, one, travel really well. And two, they just love him. And, but he's, he's legitimately gotten stadium chance at every single game. It's been on every single broadcast. They're like, and now they're chanting Purdy and you can hear it too. Um, and it's been good. Like, and I think uh, the one last point I wanted to make is that like the knock on him has been, well, it's Shanahan system. Everyone's saying it's a Shanahan thing. It's a Shanahan thing. It's like, yeah, but Kyle Shanahan has dealt with backup quarterbacks for a while and they've sucked. Like Nate Mullins has been there. CJ Beathard, like they've had a plethora of injuries at their quarterback spot over the last couple of years. And those guys haven't done it. And they've done it with the same weapons, excluding like Christian McCaffrey. But it's been like, you know, Devo, Ayuk, Kittle, this good line. They've still been able to run the ball. They've had Mozart and Wilson, all this kind of stuff where it's like the Shannon system has been in play and other backup quarterbacks have not done nearly as well. And you could even say starting quarterbacks such as Jimmy haven't even done as well that Brock has done. And, and I think that all this combined is, is, is making this 49ers team, you know, like, this offense isn't the most dynamic, but it it in conjunction with the defense is making them a very hard team to be over four quarters. So the, the default uh, argument for anybody 
Uh, if they're a quarterback hater and they literally have nothing to say, like no stats to back it up is system quarterback. Like hat tip to Barry McCockner, Tom Brady system quarterback. <laughs> that just means you have no other arguments. And if you're saying that, then you, you shouldn't even be having the conversation. That's what it comes down to. I'm going to be very forward in my quarterback hating because this was a take that I had, but I didn't think Jalen Hurts was going to be like good this year. And now, now my take has become bad, but I'm still trying to salvage it. I'm like, well, we haven't seen him in the playoffs. So that's like the take now. So like, I'm totally understanding people are like, well, we haven't seen Purdy in the playoffs because I'm like, I'm doing the same thing with Jalen Hurts. I'm like, well, are the Eagles really like, are people like, they look good in the regular season, but they haven't really played anyone. And we have to see how, like, can he complete passes in the playoffs? It's a little bit different, you know? So I am going to hop on that train because that's a take that I had going into the year. I was like, I don't think Jalen Hurts is that good of a quarterback. Um, and, and he's Jaylen obviously taking a step guy. this year. But he's yeah. another guy that's made me look smart because <laughs> a lot of people were out on him. And I'm like, he's just a guy that will get better. Um, speaking of getting better, though, this is one thing that I was super impressed by Brock Purdy. A lot of things that I like, I don't know. I, I'm a very opinionated guy. I'm usually wrong, but I'm very big on awareness whether that's situational awareness in a game, whether that's social awareness, or even if it's just like awareness in like a business setting. Anyway, when you have awareness, you're able to understand kind of the situation you're in. You can lean into your strengths and either work on your weaknesses. And in an interview, um, I, I think it might've been a post-game presser. I'm not positive, but someone asked, does it bother you that you were drafted as Mr. Relevant, that you were drafted as, you know, so low, whereas if you probably would have gone after your second year at Iowa state, seeing all these numbers that you put up within, you know, your freshman and sophomore season, you probably would have gotten drafted a little bit better than, you know, Mr. Relevant. And he was honest. And he said, you know, I, I like to, you know, really analyze where I'm at. And I, I like to be brutally honest with myself. And I knew that my last season, my last two seasons weren't exactly how I wanted it to go. And there were some things I could work on and that allowed him to work on those things. I think I've already seen improvement from last year to this year on, you know, certain things as far as, you know, just kind of poise in the pocket. I'm sure that's stuff that Shanahan's helped with. I mean, he's kind of a quarterback whisper, um, but that's just what I love about him. Like he's not one of those guys who plays with a chip on your shoulder. Cause I think that's, that the quarterback position is one of those rare positions where you have to have poise and you have to be just hyper mature. Um, and he, he's showing that he's not like, no, I'm not mad and petty about where I got drafted. I use it as something where I could, you know, make myself better and reanalyze where I'm at. Just that was super impressive. He also had that comment where he's like, and Tom Manning's not my offensive coordinator anymore too. <laughs> Did he actually say that? Did no. he say something like that? I could see him saying that. Though. No, he I absolutely could see not. Oh, man. <laughs> Gosh. But it, it truly does go to show, Liam, I'm calling you out. Last year when Brock had some woes going on, you're like, he's got to be better. I'm like, yeah, he does. But at the same time, he's having to improvise on all of these plays. Like, it's. I'm just happy to see that so many people are understanding that he – masked so many of our offensive woes in those last couple seasons and everyone hey, did though at this point we had fucking Brees hall too and look at how much he masked the jets woes as soon as Brees hall goes down the jets don't win a fucking game and then there people are like these quarterbacks all suck because they just rode Brees hall because Brees hall is a fucking animal so 
I, it, there's a lot of what was going mass to just even get seven and six, I guess, which whatever. I, I, I'm still like, not, I'm not over it. I'm just going to be honest. I'm just not <laughs> over it, but you know, well, I, I whatever. do just it's like insane. those. Oh, what's that? Liam, sorry. I just, I agree. It's insane. We had, we had so much, we had Mike Rose on defense. We had Jake Hummel, two, two of the best linebackers in the Big 12. Will we had a, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, it, like, I don't know, whatever. We, we beat the pro stuff to death, but yeah, it's, we'll be enraged about that 20, 2021 season for forever or 2020 Dude. season. In a lot of, and me, and I'm going to raise my hand here. This was me. I said, I don't like that Purdy's best season was his freshman year. Um, guess what? That was the season that Tom Manning was in Indianapolis with the Colts. So it kind of, I, I just, I hate to, yeah, I do kind of feel bad because now we got a new offensive coordinator. Manning's already out. Oh, by the way, um, Cincinnati picked him up. So there we go. Now we're, we're going to cheer for Cincinnati. We're going to hope that um, things go well for them. We won't watch them play offensively, though. We'll cheer from afar, but we will not be watching. All right. <laughs> Until we, they uh, come to the Big 12, and then it'll be great because John Eacock uh, will just fucking tear them up. He'll be like, oh, I got, to, I got to practice against this every week. They never even picked up a first down against me. Dude, they are going to be – that is so true. When they come to the Big 12, if they still have Manning, that's going to be br- – there's no way they're going to score a touchdown against us. Um yeah, well, I'm happy to wear that egg on my face later on when they join the Big 12. Um, moving on to college basketball. Good year or good time to start the new year, or I should say end the old year by knocking off number 12, Baylor, beating them by, what was it, 15 points, I think? I don't know. We look really damn good. Um, and I'll just say this. Our offense is looking like it's kind of picking up. Caleb Grill is really emerging to be the shooter we were all hoping he would kind of become. And also, we're still good at defense. So things are looking good. Also, Big 12 road win, I think, is more impressive than beating Baylor because the Big 12 is a fucking grind. And we pulled one out at Oklahoma. I mean, if we even win, like, three road games this year, that's impressive. I don't know if you guys have looked at, like, the uh, some of the Ken, Ken Palm and, yep. like, ratings and shit. It was, like, uh, the, the entire Big 12 – was the top 10 hardest remaining schedules of the year. <laughs> Cause it's just like, you have to play a big 12 team every night and it's round Robin. So you're getting them home and away, no matter what. That's the only thing that's really going to suck about expansion is that like, we will lose that element a bit. And, and that does suck where it's kind of beautiful in both sports where it's like, Hey, you got to play every team at least once, you know, it's, it's a, it's a good conference element, but yeah. But yeah, I mean, this team, you know, we've said this the entire time with Ots and since like I became a believer probably like midway through the season last year and stuff. But like, hey, like this team plays good enough fucking defense that they're going to stay in most games. And then it's up to the offense to figure it out. They're going to have their off nights, you know, like the Iowa Knights, a perfect example. That's one of the worst offensive nights I've ever seen them play coupled with an Iowa team that just shot out of their ass, that it's just like, you're not winning this game. Like, it's just not going to happen. But that rarely is very rarely going to happen with this team. And so it has me excited, but, like, they're also going to get tested a ton during this Big 12 stretch and and ranked again, looking like a tourney team. And, you know, I, I think 
all this kind of stuff is really going to test them heading into hopefully making the tournament. Because I think at this point in the big 12, if you win seven conference games, you're going to make it to the tournament because the big 12 is Mm. so good. So, so back to Ken Palm, every single big 12 team is currently in the top 40, every single one of them. So Oklahoma, their last place right now, they still played us pretty damn close yesterday. That was also a pretty brutal game. If I'm being completely honest, when we were up, damn near 20 points like in the first five minutes and then they go on a literal 20 to nothing run um to basically tie the game going into the half so yeah oklahoma last night that oh we're recording this on a thursday probably won't have it out right now but um that was a really fun game and that was classic iowa state we're like oh my gosh we might just skate our way into a blowout win in norman have you ever thought of that as an iowa state fan honestly well, that was the thing. I never because really you just said we are Iowa State, and then you said the thing that literally never happens as an Iowa State fan. Exactly, never happens. You gotta let me finish. Come on, right. skip. Come on, skip. Don't interrupt me. Skip. Don't skip me. Don't give me that comparison. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, we're not, not especially not right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, not a good one. Think of the um, implications. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, sorry, you're not skip. I, I will take that one back. Um, anyway, though, I, I really do feel like our shooting is actually starting to get figured out in, in a good way. Excuse me. We're trying to figure, I can't talk today. I, ever since that skip comment, I can't bring myself back into it. I'm sorry. New, I, I'm going to look you in the eyes. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have called you skip right there. I appreciate it. That's, that's okay. <laughs> um, grill though is going off. Like I said, and, and I just think, um, I, I don't know. Like all we need, every, I, I'm a broken record saying this. We just need one person to do well every single game, shooting the ball. Last night it was Caleb. Um, I, I feel like Baylor overall, like our entire team was just kind of hitting our shots. And that's pretty much it. You just get one person who's on, then we're golden. I don't like that we played seven players against Oklahoma, though. I don't know how sustainable that's going to be against a Kansas team or apparently Kansas State, who just dropped 116 on Texas. So I do think we need to get um, Damarian Watson in there more, uh, Hassan in there as well. Just throw Eli King in. Throw our boy Eli King in. Just see what he does. Have, like Make him go crazy. I don't know. But I, I do think that we need to incorporate a little bit more than just a seven-man rotation. I don't know. I, I, I get bad vibes from the Hoiberg era when we would just play seven players and just get gassed toward the end of it. And our shots weren't going down because didn't feel like we were as conditioned. So I don't know. That's really my only critique. But otherwise, I, I love it, man. We're looking good. Yeah. Yeah. The seven man's a little worrisome during the regular season, I'll say. But come tourney time, you don't really want a huge rotation because then you have like the Iowa problem. Like they're always bragging. They're like, Iowa can run 12 guys and they'll sometimes sub out all five. And then it's like, okay. But then you have these guys that aren't in rhythm or you don't have, rely- I don't know. You don't get these guys that get solid minute and can get into game flow too. But Seven, especially during a Big 12 grind fest of the schedule and and how hard the games are going to be is definitely a little worrisome. And then just plus, if any sort of injury does occur, you know, that's just, you know, part of the game. So Mm -hmm. Um, do we want to talk a little bit more on Texas firing Chris Beard? Um, Just be petty. I mean, you know, could have stayed at Iowa State and had a little bit more camaraderie with your head coach. Um, And that's all I'll say on that. Cause the entire situation does look a little, a little messed up. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I was about to mention that when you said Kansas State putting 116 on Texas yeah. was going to make. Well, you know, they might not be in the best uh, mindset right now. But, yeah. you know, they're going to the SEC and, and fuck them. And Chris Beard, Chris Beard's statement today was not good. He basically said he had no wrongdoing, and that's just um, – Yeah. I don't think that's how you get a job back. Um, Or, you know, I don't think that's how – who parents want to send their 18-year-old son to go play for. A guy who's like, I didn't do anything wrong by physically assaulting my wife. Um, Nothing wrong. But it's coaching and, you know – Bobby Petrino or uh, all these other scumbag coaches always find jobs because in the end, winning is all that matters. I fucking Art Bryles had jobs, so um, which is just crazy to be in the athletic administration and approve that. But you know, whatever. Um, Dude, you know the um, the meme. Your life has been on a slow but steady decline for years. Always sunny. That is Chris Beard. Like, didn't he take Texas Tech to a Final Four appearance? If I'm in the national national championship, they went to the okay. So literally, game, and they should have won. They got bullshit. And that so he leaves Texas Tech, which I'm like, dude, you take a guy to a national championship and then leave to a rival school in the same state. All right, now he's at Texas. Um, if I'm not mistaken, again, I believe Texas Tech outperformed Texas in. Did they did they outlast them in March Madness last year? I think they did. I could be wrong. Probably. I think they did. I know that they beat them when they um or when Chris Beard came back to uh Lubbock, which was great. And yeah, now he's getting fired. And worse than that, he's having issues with his family. So yeah, it, classic. Your life has been on a slow but steady decline for years. Um, boy, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy we're not in their situation right now. Um. Yeah. Anything more on college basketball? Um, oh, I just wanted to pivot a little bit. Um, how do you feel about the most important player for Iowa State being sidelined indefinitely with a broken finger? Uh, it's not good. It's not good. But I will say Shun has definitely um, changed my mind. I believe the CEO is our best player, which the thing is, doesn't matter where he's at, if he's on the court or if he's on the bench, we're getting that importance every single day. So I don't love it. I don't love it at all. But um it is a good opportunity for some other people to, um, you know, step up. And also, what does indefinitely mean? That just means we don't know when he's coming back, but he still might come back, right? So, like, Jazz could still be here for, like, the Big 12 tournament. Is that correct? Yeah, it's just uh, fingers are really tough because of just, like, obviously, especially with basketball, how crucial it is. You know, like, you rush a little bit too early with that and you fuck up the whole process. And because they're so delicate, you have to then basically start from like square one. Uh, I've, I broke a finger playing football and I like, they're like, you can either splint it, which took longer, or you can cast it and protect it more. So I'm I'm guessing he's just casting it to protect it more and stuff. But at the same time, it's like, you can't rush coming back from like a finger because of, especially in basketball, because of how pivotal it is and just how easily it could be like re messed up. You know how you see football players like running around in their clubs. I was just thinking that Mason, Dude, you can rebound with the cask. You can rebound (laughs) with the cask. It's like, you know. Throw your Dude, elbows we, out there and like club someone yeah, in the head. You we could have, block so uh, many shots if you had a club on your hand. You, you would block couple so inches. many shots. 
Yes. We, we played a team my ninth grade year of football where their running back had a cast on the arm, but he, you're like, you're supposed to have padding on it because cast fucking hurt. This dude had no padding on it and was no joke running through the holes and he would smoke down people's arms with him. Like this has to be illegal. He like has like a weapon. It's like, if you had a fucking like, uh, like, uh, I can't think of it. Um, a mace? No, no, no. What's the thing that like the nunchucks? No, no. God damn it. Like the metal bar thing that you use to pry things. Um, bad radio. Um, a I don't crowbar. Know. Oh, yeah. It's like, if you had a Maybe crowbar and you're just like waving that through the line as you're running with one hand, <laughs> because that's literally what he's doing. it's like this hard ass fucking cast. And he's just like leading with it, like smashing people. And we're like, the fuck is going on here? Dude, we could become the TCU football of college basketball. Just injure a bunch of their players and, you know, skate our way through an undefeated record. That'd be sick. Um, oh, my gosh, dude. I didn't see this. Chris Beard, his seven-year deal was worth $385 million. Like, even Wait, for what? Texas, that's, that's a lot of money. money. Hey, guys. It's me, Mason. You might be wondering, how did I get here? How did I get $385 million? How did they land Chris Beard as a $385 million mistake over the next seven years? That's literally more than Patrick Mahomes, $55 million a year. That's absurd. Well, it's because it is. All right. My source corrected himself to $35 million instead of $385 million. Don't know how he got that, but um, just wanted to make sure that no one else got their you know news from Twitter like me, and no one else also looked like an idiot like me. So carry on just make sure you don't continue believing the rest of your life that chris beard is owed 385 million dollars all right roll clones yeah a lot of money through 2028 that's in i'm just kind of you got that deshaun that. watson deal dude oh my god you got gosh. that deshaun watson deal that's a bummer yeah all right so moving on from college basketball Two good guys. have anything <laughs> yeah can someone fill me in on the Tyrese Halliburton stuff? Because I, I don't even know the reporter. Yeah, I, I kind of feel rude saying that, but I mean, screw this guy. I don't even know the guy, but he, he basically said he's a wannabe all-star. And then literally the next game, Tyrese dropped like 42 points and had a million assists. You guys see that? Someone fill me in on it. Someone debrief it better than I just did. No idea. No idea. Okay, well, I, there we go. I, I, you didn't prep me on this one, so... We didn't. We didn't prep for any of this. <laughs> this is yeah, also I mean, true. We prepped he's, for an he's, uh, Yeah, he, he. I mean, he's averaging a double double this year. He's essentially going off. I see it all over Twitter about him being like a wannabe all star and everything. But long story short, I mean, he's shooting almost fifty percent from the field, uh, twenty points, ten assists. I I think there were there was some crazy stretch that he went without having a single turnover. He's top twelve in the league in efficiency. I mean, he's him. Uh, wow! Yeah, I say more. And the fact that the the fact that the Kings traded him is, I think, that one of the craziest things ever. That that they traded him after what, what was his sophomore season, right? Yeah, they yeah. true they truly are the definition of a poverty franchise. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Like they the the Pittsburgh Pirates are a poverty franchise as well, but the Kings are very much up there for making poverty ass moves. I will say <laughs> though, over here. They're over 500 right now. The Kings are? I don't know. Yeah. That's because they lucked into DeAndre Fox. They hit on people, and then they don't do anything with them. 
Yeah. It's like, no, you're right. They're not going anywhere. Same thing with like Boogie Cousins. Like they had Boogie in his prime when he was putting up like fucking 30 and 20. And then they were still like not even making the playoffs. It's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I mean, Tyrese has been going off and even fucking dude, Niang has been having an yeah. amazing season. I was just about to He's mention him. He has just been draining threes, like absolute monster from the three point line. So, He's just it's like the perfect so Exactly. I, mean, yeah, like, I, I, I always say Niang is the most relatable NBA player because he looks like just another average show. He looks like the guy you see at the bar and it's like, I could do that. Like, I could make that shot. That just reminds me of Niang out there. I mean, I didn't go to Iowa State while he played, but so I just kind of get to enjoy him in the NBA. But, man, he's Dude, fun he to was, watch. He, he was so fun to watch in college. It was we were spoiled, honestly. Like, uh, especially me. I think. Yeah. I think Ma- Mason was was one year later, but we were peak. Like Iowa State was just really fucking good, and, and there were so many good. Like, it was like Monte. I got to go with Monte all four years, so it's just like you had a lead point guard every. You know, you had De- DeAndre Kane the first year. You had George. Like, even got um. It was oh easy to God. tweet on the barstool accounts. What you're saying? It was impossible to tweet. For football, though, holy shit, it was rough. Uh, that was falls. Yeah. <laughs> falls bad. Falls bad. I, I had two and twenty-two basketball season my senior year. For uh, trying to tweet that for Barstool every week was that was a brutal ask. Yeah. That was a brutal ask. <laughs> it's also because you had to watch the games. No, I love Niang. His yeah, interview with facts. part of my take. <laughs> they said like slowness kills because in the NBA everyone's going like two thousand miles an hour. But if you hit him, you know, so it's basically like if you keep getting thrown fastballs and then someone hits you with like curveball, slow ball, it, it throws you off. You're like, oh, what do I do? But um, yeah, he's put up point like 11 points. Um, What was that yesterday? Uh, 15 points on January 2nd. I mean, he's he's doing a good job, man. And I don't know. He's just the most real. He was like a college kid playing basketball. You know, how sometimes like college athletes are just crazy mature which is good. It's a good problem to have, but they don't really give you a ton. You're like, dude, you're, you're like 18 to 21 years old. Like say something silly. I don't know. He would always do that. I, I feel like he was never afraid to just kind of be himself and just like, I don't know. Like, like he just like the way he communicated and who he was, was just so likable that he knew he never needed to deviate from it. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to be myself and you guys are going to love me. And Philadelphia now does. Dead air. <laughs> that was a good one. Dead air. It's been a minute. It's been a minute since we had one of those. Is that our sign? Is that our sign? To sign I got off? nothing else. I got nothing else. I'm hungry as well. So, oh, I'm hungry. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in on our impromptu episode. Um, we do have an interview with a little teaser. We got an interview with a draft eligible um, Iowa State football player coming to you hopefully next week unless it gets rescheduled and then yeah uh dude who we had scheduled today not giving out his name we will hopefully get him on sometime soon so we can talk some more um football all right there's another little teaser for you another football player all right liam new anything else before we sign off roll call no. good to be back on fellas go Collins. it's good to hear your brock voice, purdy man. we're all 49er fans here we're all so, niner nation all yeah. right roll clones Roll call, dude. Thanks, Skip.
You had to know Mason right when you said it.